This is Tommy's Outdoors 110. Our guest today is Mark Boyden. Uh, Mark is uh, one of the founders of Kumla Salmon Trust. I hope I pronounced that correctly. After all those years, I still have a problem pronouncing Irish names. So Kumla Salmon Trust. And Mark was involved in a, a whole array of environmental projects like um, native salmon stocking, salmon stocking projects uh, for the rivers in Irish Southwest. Uh, he was uh, involved in efforts to reintroduce salmon uh, to the Great River of Rhine. Uh, he also participated in a successful captive freshwater pearl mussel breeding research. And uh, out of all these uh, programs, um, he created a biodiversity community engagement project called Streamscapes. And that was, that was uh, mainly what we talked uh, with Mark. And I must tell you that I really enjoyed that conversation. Um, Mark is a educator and he's really, you know, a very special person. And um, the main thing I, I, I take away from this conversation is like, Mark has a very, in my view, refreshing approach to communication and to education about nature and about rivers and ecosystems and, and so on. And, uh, you know, some of you might disagree with with uh, some of the things that Mark says, but, but, but I think that in communication and in education, we need a whole array of different approaches. And I really welcome that there are people like Mark and the projects like Streamscapes who are doing incredible job in educating and encouraging people, especially young people, um, to learn more about the environment and about ecology and about everything that surrounds us and you know why it is important and how to protect it. So very interesting conversation. Um, and yeah, I'm sure you will enjoy it. But before that, just a reminder to share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and everybody who might be interested. And if you want to support this podcast, the best thing you can do is to leave the rating and write a review, especially if you're listening to Apple Podcasts or, or iTunes. Um, leave the rating, write a review, write a comment, like, share, all these things. This is great help for me and for the podcast. And also, you can buy me a coffee buymeacoffee.com slash Outdoors. The link is in the description of this show. Uh, this is always great help. I need a lot of coffee when I'm sitting and editing those episodes for you. And uh, also that way I can save some money on coffee. And, you know, podcast is free for you, but it's definitely not free for me. So your support is greatly appreciated. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Streamscapes with Mark Boyden. Mark, welcome to Tommy's Outdoors. Good to have you. Good to see you. Great. Thanks, Tommy. It's nice to be here. Yes, uh, it, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to host you. Um, I think we 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 have a like a um, common friend um, 
Tom Cross was a was a guest on our podcast. I think you you know him as well. I know Tom. Yes, of course. Tom's um, I go back a long way with Tom. You know, he's one of those um, brilliant minds in salmon biology that Ireland has produced. You know, traditionally and over the years. And Tom's right up there, and he's been a source of great inspiration to me. For for I think we're going into four decades now. Wow. Yeah, wow. I was it was it was a brilliant episode. I don't remember a number off the top of my head, um, but you know I, I enjoyed talking with Tom a lot. It was it was uh, it was great. So it's it's good to know we we kind of like a same uh, you know circle of people who are interested in all those those things. Yeah, I must look for that podcast. Then I I haven't seen that. I I did um, see the one you've just put up with Aga Grandovich as well. You know, and of course, you know, I'm collaborating with Aga over the last year or so. And what, um, what are you guys doing together? Um, Aga came in on uh, illustration and design for the most recent Streamscapes publication, which is entitled uh, Salmon Sanctuaries. And I can provide a URL for you later. About where it can be freely downloaded. Yeah, on on your on your website, I I I, lo I look at I look it up, and it's brilliant. There's, there's there's you know both content and visually, it's fantastic. Uh, and and we obviously gonna put the put the link to um, to the website. Yeah. So um, Aga came in. We needed some fresh illustrations for this booklet. You know, I mean, like. We, we do a lot of publishing down the years, um, Streamscapes publishing. Um, we've been doing booklets since, I suppose, the mid-90s. Um, Streamscapes actually started in 1989 as a community engagement program. And, uh, and this was a, a time when really uh, environmental education just wasn't on the radar in Ireland. You know? So it was quite groundbreaking at the time. And um, so we had, we, we really had to invent the wheel though, you know, and we had to come up with, with, you know, how, how, how to be the most effective we could be at community, community engagement. But the, the Salmon Sanctuaries book is, oh God, I've lost track, but it must be about booklet number 25 we've produced and Aga came in and just did these beautiful illustrations as you've seen and and she did the design as well and laid it out you know top class and it's so important to have those kind of communications and visual skills in 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 publishing because you know it's like and then the the I, I suppose you know the first thing of the book is the the cover photograph, and it's actually full cover. It goes, uh, it covers the the front and the back covers, and it's a it's an it's an underwater photograph of Atlantic salmon, a school of Atlantic wild Atlantic salmon in a river, and it's by the Swiss uh, nature photographer Michel Rago, and it's just absolutely stunning. And so, you know, we still believe in in hard copies as well um i mean we you know we put a lot of things online or most of it i suppose but when we engage with communities and i 
think we've worked in 24 counties in, across Ireland, north and south. Um, we, we, we still like to give away hard copy booklets because they go home, they end up on kitchen tables. And if they are attractive, you get lots of other people picking up those booklets and kind of going, oh, what's in the, you know, what's this about? And flipping through it and that just helps build capacity for outreach. And it's also a very powerful psychological tool that you have like a physical object. Yeah. Especially like, like you know, like today you can download something and then the file lives on the computer and you maybe download, maybe you open, maybe you not open. Well, physical object, like you said, you, you someone have it, that's different. There's this there's way more powerful. So, so I agree. Yeah, yeah, no, it's... It, It is important, but that was, I suppose that was one of the, um, you know, what it's, it's one, it's one part of the engagement methodology that we identified as being really important. I mean, as I say, starting off in 1989, um, there was nothing to base it on really. And so we, but we, we did realize early on that you know, the more creative you could be with, with a given engagement, then the more effective it is, the more people, you know, sit up and take notice of, of what you're talking about, you know. Mark, we need, we need to buck up a little bit because you started talking about it and we never, like, said streamscapes. This is what we're talking about, streamscapes, website, streamscapes.ie. And you already, you already touched on that. So the idea was to engage communities about the issues related to rivers water streams yes very much it's i mean you know in a given valley in a catchment everything ends up in the river and so you know the quality of your local river is a offers a fair reflection of the state of your local environment um and and salmon are kind of this iconic species who who just are you know just one of those um uh kind of you know totemic um species if if your salmon are healthy then it's proof that entire suite of wide biodiversity is also healthy um, because, uh, because they share the same, um, the same requirement for, for really high quality waters. And high quality waters affect the wider biodiversity, habitat quality and everything right through the landscape. And, and the species for, uh, potential as well. So it just seems to be, you know, a, a healthy river is really a distillate of a healthy environment and proof of a healthy environment. Without, well. without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, and, and, and what is the relation uh, between the streamscapes and the, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, Kumula Salmon Trust? That pronounced it right? Kumhola Salmon Trust is uh, is the you know it's the vehicle it's the it's the company um, 
how how can I say it? General Mills makes cornflakes. Uh, Kumhola Salmon Trust, uh, Trust makes streamscapes. You know, it's like Kumhola Salmon Trust is 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 the um, is the organization, and Streamscapes is the product. Streamscapes is the is the outreach program, you know, produced by Kumhola Salmon Trust. Um, so it's really is it all started with salmon? Is it is it was the starting idea was um, around salmon conservation? Or the starting idea was about yeah, waste and like it it is, but but salmon again as proof of the wider landscape. I, I mean, so you know, if you've if you've got healthy salmon, you've got good water quality, and if, and as I say, if you've got good water quality, you've got um, you've got uh, you've you've got you've got a decent valley. And let's face it, we all live in valleys. We all live in catchments. And, you know, and, and if you look at the land use, if you look at the demographics, you know, if you look at the rainfall, if you look at the topography and geography, you know, you can really paint such a picture of, of what's going on and what potential there is. And, um, but I suppose streamscapes itself, um, You know, I, I mean, I was involved in environmental activism for a long time now. Um, I mean, really, it's 50 years, over 50 years. And, and so I had, um, I had seen, uh, I'd seen a lot of, you know, interaction, um, with environmental issues, but also between environmental sector and other sectors and one thing and another. And, It really, one thing that really struck me down the years was that quite often, um, you know, strife was kind of endemic to the discussion of environmental issues. And it certainly was endemic to um, salmon management issues and things like that as well. And so part of what informed Streamscapes from really the you know the the first day uh the first days in the late 80s was we were thinking about the psychology of engagement and and what would be the most efficacious way of actually you know reaching hearts and minds um you know having people realize um that it's all worth caring about and worth striving for and working for. And so, you know, it's, it's, um, it's to do that. You have to come from a place, you have to come kind of come from an honest broker place. And what we identified as being absolutely crucial is, well, awareness is the first step because if you can, If you can open your heart and mind to a new awareness of the miraculous stories of the nature immediately around us, I mean, you know, it's all these excellent um, wildlife documentaries and everything. The last three, four decades um, have been fantastic, but but they 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 do the disservice of making some people think that. Uh, I think this is changing now, but but for for a while there was this kind of this um, overreach that 
if people thought of the environment, they think of the Amazon or they think of, um, you know, the savannah or something like this. And, and actually, you know, we're right in the middle of this whole ecological uh, functioning unit all the time, you know, and we are part of that. We're not apart from that. We are absolutely integral with, ev- you know, everything around us in our gardens and what, what goes down our kitchen sinks and toilets and everything. You know, in Streamscapes, we think of all these things as, uh, we, we think of, of toilets and sinks and showers uh, as and washing machines as tributaries to our rivers. And it kind of changes the way you think. But but we did think that you had to reveal wonder. You had to you had to provide a real tactile field experience. And so, you know, for 32 years now or whatever, we've been working with schools and communities. And the heart of that engagement is actually getting people into their into uh rubber boots and into the river and and kind of the heart of that engagement was actually doing kick sampling and doing a census of aquatic invertebrates because through that you can really trace um you know the the kind of um longer term uh water quality status in local in your local river but also to open up people to just the knowledge about the the wonderful um, uh, life cycles and everything that are going on. You mentioned freshwater pearl mussels earlier. And, you know, it's like when people learn that the female releases these microscopic, uh, you know, spawn, they're called glycidia after the Greek for arrow because they have a little hook and that they kind of just drift with the flow. And the spawn is only viable if it's actually, in effect, breathed in by a juvenile um, salmon or trout in, um, in, in, in Irish waters. And literally, if successful, it will, it will hang on to the gill for eight or nine months. And this is how mussels distribute through, through a, a river system. But... Um, but then they drop off and they, they're just about visible when they drop off to the naked eye. But still, technically, they're kind of microscopic. You'd want a microscope to really see them well. And the, um, so the thing is, that, and then they spend another five years before they actually emerge from the gravel and, um, you know, and, and really start, you know, getting on with their life cycle and then and then that they live for 130 plus years yeah that's amazing and when people hear this they go oh my god i I want to know more and then stories like that kind of then very naturally will lead to the issues that are impacting them and discussion of issues then can lead to knowledge of the best practices and the best practices in terms of pursuit of livelihood recreation and you know domestic management the lot everything we do impacts upon the wild uh nature around us and the wildlife and and so you know we have to 
we have to cop, really cop ourselves on. And there's multiple efforts now going on, you know, through the, through, throughout Ireland and throughout the EU and, and other places as well. And so I suppose I'm, I'm hopeful, but, um, Are you engaging mainly with with people with uh, with kids with children or is it like what's a what's a you know percentage of you are you engaging with adults as well? Yeah, I I mean it's it's funny just um, just in the podcast with Aga you were mentioning the um, that whole thing of you know the importance of educating children and and really you know really from as I say from the late eighties. We just considered national schools, primary schools, probably as the chief vector of engaging with the community, um, and then secondary schools, and then the adult community. Um, really, it's in that order. Um, but I'd, I, if I had to put figures on it, I'd say that 85% or 80, 80% to 85% of our engagement work has been with primary school primary level schools so you're very much in a long game um yeah planting that seed and 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 hoping that the generations to come you know once those people you know inevitably will be those who will be in power then they will have the knowledge and they will have you know they will care They will yes. be amazed by the life cycle of pearl mussel or, or, or by salmon or, or, you know, those, those things. So it's a very, very much. much. I think this is the biggest thing, right? That we need so much to be done now. I, I feel like, right. When you see at the, what's going on in, in, with rivers and, you know, other, or other, you know, operations that's going on, we can, we might, might not touch about it later. It seems that is, does it does it is it from the very beginning was the idea that you're in the long game and you're educating the next generation or is it part of you or or some stuff that you do that you say no we need to you know take immediate action and you know I think it's a bit of everything Tommy but um, you know but this is the importance. Um, Again, to you know, to hark back to this, but it's the importance of um, of of generating really indelible experiences. So, literally, we've been doing it long enough now that I have um, people come up to me, you know, in 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 town, in the street, in town, and say, "Oh, Mr. Boyden, I remember," and, and they're in their forties now, and they'll say, "Oh, I remember when you came to our school." Um, you know, 30 years ago. And that was the best day of school ever because, you know, they got outside and they were splashing each other and they were learning about things and they were, they were, they were identifying all these different insects and bugs and they got to throw the bugs at each other and whatever they were, you know, whatever <laughs> they were doing. And, and so the thing was, it just stuck out in their minds. You know, they just, They, they, it just stayed with them. And, and, you know, and if you create that indelible experience, then the lessons that are associated with it have a better chance of staying with you as well. And, you know, I have, it has a better chance of kind of affecting, um, you know, lifelong behavior. So, so we've done, you know, down the years, we, we just came up with, with the most, um, 
the craziest things we could think of. I, I mean, like for instance, we were um, we were stocking some rivers in West Cork with salmon. Now we don't recommend stocking, and we never did, but it is a supreme educational exercise because you can involve the community, um, say, and even catching broodstock, and then invite the community around when, um, when say, you're actually breeding, um, fertilizing the eggs and things like that, call stakeholders around when the eggs are hatching out. But what we did with the schools was we built, we, we fabricated um, very small aquaria out of marine ply and glass, and 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 we're doing water circulation in them. And what we would do is put the you know kind of spawning size rivers gravels of spawning size, and put in um, twenty salmon eggs. And we'd be timing the um, the the rate because they're quite delicate. We wouldn't put them in until literally two days before they'd hatch, and and then. The, they'd hatch in the classroom, the kids would see this, and then we'd leave them for another day or two, and then we'd bring them back to a more secure um, place in, in, our, in our hatchery. But, and then, so, so they would have had this experience of, of actually seeing uh, alevins, as they're called, emerge from their egg cases. And this was just, wow, this is amazing. But then, okay, that's March, you know, that's around St. Patrick's Day. But then we'd hold them then till June. They're absorbing the embryonic sac. We might give them a first feeding. And then we'd have um, festivals, fry festivals, as we called them, because uh, small fry. Um, and uh, because literally all the schools in, in that given year's uh, engagement program would come together for a festival. And apart from exhibiting, say, the eco-art that they had produced as part of their Streamscapes projects. Uh, it might be, you know, the life cycle of otter or, or dipper, you know, the, 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 the river bird, um, or, or life cycle of salmon, or it might be artworks, um, 3D artworks or things like that. Um, but the culmination of this festival would be that everybody... Um, you know, kind of would queue up, and literally, we had hundreds and hundreds of people involved in these things, and and government ministers launching it and everything, and they would literally um, be, be come down to the riverside, be handed a jam jar with a salmon fry in it, and they'd let it go, and you know, like the whole idea of that is that then, you know, we're trying to we're trying to cut through the you know, just all these layers of uh, complications. Environment is too big of a word. It's got four syllables or so. And, but fish is brilliant, you know, just fish. And, and also the, the whole thing of personalizing the environment. The environment, you know, as, as I'm always saying, it's not apart from us, you know, we are part of it. And it's at a very immediate level it's a local level, it's a regional level, it's a global level. And, but if you have been given a jam jar with a fish in it and you've studied it and for a few minutes and then let it go, 
then suddenly you have this huge, uh, you know, investment in the river. It's, it's your fish, you know, I have a fish in that river. So, so even if I don't have much to do with my river, when I do think it, or even if I'm, you know, just cycling over a bridge, look down in the river, you know, maybe people will think, I wonder how my fish is getting on, you know, and, and it might spur that, uh, you know, that desire to find out what you can do to improve the chances of your fish thriving and, and spawning itself, you know? So, so it's all this creativity all the time and we're always looking for things like, like what that. was your like like a, you know biggest success let's say in in terms of you know knowing people coming back or or you know uh ending up in ngos and governments making decisions was there was there like a like one thing that stands out for you I don't know if we've had any success. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you did. <laughs> well, you know, we've certainly, we've certainly, uh, you know, it's it's kind of an ongoing story, you know, but um, but I think that I'd like to think, and actually, I've been told that we have inspired, you know, a whole big wider engagement effort in terms of environment, in terms. Of 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 wider kind of aquatic and biodiversity um, awareness and and engagement um, and 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 also you know the methods for engagement you know as I say yeah that sounds fantastic what you're describing that's that's fantastic because I I, I can't imagine any kid going through the experience like that, forgetting that any time, like they're, like you said, they will stay with them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, an, another example, I suppose, is that, I mean, like ideally what we'd like to do, you know, from the first days was, um, was concentrate at the catchment level. So even, oh God, it's 10 years ago or more. We, we did a, a, a large project in the river island which flows through skibbereen county cork and so you know it's kind of a typical um smaller to mid-sized catchment coastal catchment it's 500 square k um it's um it's got a population of about 13,000 uh, the biggest town would be uh skibbereen and then um and then there's there's some other villages um Drimmer league and and others and um and but all told there's 22 schools um at the time it was 19 uh national schools pri at primary level and then three secondary schools the secondary schools have have combined now, but at any rate, there was 22 schools, including um, the offshore islands. And so what we did there, you know, we did a, this dedicated publication, catchment publication. Um, and then we did a, a large, I think it was A2 uh, paper size um, insert map um, that was inserted into the publication. But it was 
I mean, really, it was suitable for framing and lots and lots of people framed it or even just at least pinned it to, to a wall or, 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 or a, you know, a cork board or something. And what we did was we highlighted the, um, the rivers so that the rivers really jumped out of, of what was otherwise kind of a typical OSI, Ordnance Survey, map. Um, so, so that the rivers really came out and that whatever townland you lived in, then you couldn't help, you couldn't miss the river that you lived nearest to. And so, um, but the follow on from that was that, you know, we were having this catchment festival to, as culmination. And, and again, I mean, it was massive marquee. Um, the eco artwork, which was coordinated by Jessica Mason of West Cork Sub Sudbury School and uh, Stephanie O'Toole and a few others. And so every school had generated just an incredible plethora of, of interesting art projects, all connected with rivers or, or being a coastal catchment with the marine side or one thing or another. But anyway, we filled a massive marquee at Skibbereen Rugby Club, who were very kind to us, and by the river. And and so, but literally for the day, I got the map printed on a piece of vinyl. It was, um, oh, let me get the measurements right now. It was one, it was, the vinyl was, uh, 1200 mil wide and it was 18 1800 mil high so you know it's quite big you know it's as tall as a person and but we we printed that on vinyl and then literally we cut it up into pieces and we assigned a piece each piece of of the map to one of uh the 22 schools and then also there was, I can't remember now, but I think there was six community and voluntary groups that took part and five corporate groups that also went through the field trip experience and, and, every, and everything to do with the project. And so literally it was something like a total of 35, 36 pieces that we cut the map up into, more or less a jigsaw of the catchment. And, and the, the nearest geographical piece went to each participating school and group. And so for the festival, they had to bring their piece of the landscape of the catchment and it all had to be assembled on a, on a really big board. And it was just to, again, you know, it's another effort to just, just get that right brain kicking in. You know, you know, we, we, so often education is based just on memory or, or, um, or wrote, or or, or um, just kind of functional stuff, and and what we really try to do with streamscapes is is really just try to awaken that that lovely creativity that's in all of us, and so literally all the all the pieces came together, and people could just see, oh yes, they were part of this um, part of this bigger landscape, part of this bigger catchment. I, I mean, one one thing we say at streamscapes is that. Um, a um, what do we say? A uh, a family 
is um, a family is a community related by blood. A business is a community related by ink. And a catchment is a community related by water. Huh. So, you know, like that's, that's what we're trying to, that's what we're trying to convey all the time. And just that, just that importance that we humans are not separate from nature. You know, we we're really, we can be at the heart of it and we can be at the heart of a thriving nature if we get it right. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. Listen, when you, preparing those engagements those actions is there a moment is there times when you would like to do something but you 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 can't because there's you know not enough biodiversity or or you know the the river or the conchpit doesn't look like it's supposed to you know it's it's not healthy ecosystem does it happen often that you know the way you you're um you know, designing those engagements, and and maybe on the on the other hand, like on the flip side, the same question is whether, like, how big how big part of you, of those engagement is, um, you know, pointing out to everything that's that's wrong, that's that's you know the, the problems, because there's there's this balance right between are we are we telling the positive story and. And then we running into the risk of convincing everybody that oh everything is perfect, right? It's salmon and pearl mussel, and they you know do these fantastic things. And the on the flip side, uh, you know, we telling also delivering bad news like salmon are in, in, in jeopardy. There's a problem with salmon. There's a problem with pearl mussel. This 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 happened. But then there's a risk of us telling a you know, negative stories and people will tune out and say like, no, no, we, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't need any more negativity. You know? So how, how you balance that and is, is, how big of a part of, of those engagement is pointing out to problems? Um, it's vital and, and it's important. But as I say, there's kind of a process to arrive at the issues. Um, first, you know, as I say, you know, reveal the wonders and look at the potential and then, you know, look at the issues and, and how, again, you know, like I said before, how best practice can then help a given habitat um, possibly achieve a greater potential. But to, to answer your question about, um, you know, like coming across, um, kind of, uh, you know, limited um, biodiversity, we have... Now, most of Streamscape's work has been done in rural areas. Um, and, you know, you tend to find um, greater um, water quality problems downstream, and particularly in, it's you know, gradually sewage at least is being addressed and everything. But but the thing is, is that when we do the census of the aquatic invertebrates, part of that, and, and what I must say is that um, there's huge advances in citizen science now. There's, um, uh, there's, a, there's a very interesting, um, relatively new initiative from UCC 
from uh, Simon, Dr. Simon Harrison and um, Brendan McSorley, uh, a grad student of his, have put, up, put together CSSI, the Citizen Science Stream Index. And, but uh, I, I can return to that in a bit. But what we did down the years was that the EPA came up with a water quality index, again, based on aquatic invertebrates, you know, insects, aquatic insects that are found. And it was a Q, Q scale, one to five, one being extremely bad water, more or less, you know, you know very no biological function, and five being the highest and of really pristine quality. Okay, which, which one was the pristine? Five? Five. Five, okay, and one was yeah. the, the worst ever. Yeah, so we say Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, Q5. Now, the actual determination of it is very difficult to carry out. You really have to know your stuff. You, you know, you, you'd want to be um, uh, very advanced in, in zoology um, and freshwater biology to be able to come up with the definitive answers. However, what we did down the years, we came up with, um, the, you know, there in uh, during the 90s, we came up with what we called um, rudimentary Q system. So literally, we were looking for um, a handful of different indicative insects that may or may not be present. And, and we had come up with, again, with this rudimentary Q and it was, again, it was just kind of, you know, seat of the trousers kind of thing that just because we wanted to convey these principles um, to the communities that we were working with, um, the students could actually come up with a very good approximation of what the water quality is or was in, in their local rivers, you know. So literally, it was the students. And funny enough, Working around, uh, right around the country, we've, um, the vast majority of the cases, luckily, that we've done with, with, with schools and with communities, with farmers, with tidy towns groups, with, with all kinds of stakeholders, um, it's been like literally from 4.0 to, um, right up to, uh, Right up to five in some places. Now five is rare. Five is very rare. But the vast majority of the of the places were were kind of four plus four one four two four three. Then there was also a small a small min minority that was in the threes. Um, and so it's the kind of thing where I can remember um, a couple of times we, we'd come across like 3.6, 3.7. And, you know, that's very, very moderate water. And, you know, you might get trout in kind of just under four, but it's unlikely. And so once your salmonids can't live there, you've got, you've got water quality problems and you have to address them and you have to, you know, big time. Yeah, and and tell me when it comes to salmon, um, you you guys also talked about things like you know salmon farms, for example. 
um, you know, or you go, go, you even go there, say like, well, don't buy farm salmon because this and that is happening. Or you staying purely, you know, in the river on what, what, what people can, you know, experience right there and then and, and focusing on this kind of nature. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like with, with education and with, the requirement to be, you know, kind of the honest broker, we're not political. You know, we don't take political sides or we don't, um, you know, we don't come out against things or we don't come out for things. Well, we come out for, for nature and, you know, but, um, but no, we, we have no position on that. Uh, Streamscapes has no position on that. It's just, um, it's not our business. It's surprising, to be honest, because I I, I would thought that this is, uh, but I understand that this is kind of charged topic, and and especially when you're working with with kids and and in school, you you try to um, steer clear uh, from from this sort of this from this sort of things. Yeah, it's funny, it, it, you know, that you mention it because. Well, I'm against I'm I'm against farm salmon farms. I'm quite open about it because I think they're. They're terrible, especially what's going on in Scotland. Just <laughs> it's my podcast, so I can say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm aware. I'm. I'm. Believe me, I'm well, well aware. Ah, I know. I'm gonna, sure. And personally, um, you know, I'm. I, there's. I reckon there's a lot of questions to be answered, and I don't know actually if they can be answered. But there's a lot of contentious ways to either use the land or the waters or indeed even to make a living, to make a livelihood. And, you know, if we start going there, you know, it just, it, it's not our mission to go pointing the finger at anybody. It's our mission to inspire, uh, you know, awareness and, and and as I say, this this desire to to make things better, and it's not necessarily for us to even prescribe how things can be better. Um, at simple levels, we can, you know, like I say, just that whole thing about domestic management. It's you know, it's uh, it's fairly non-contentious, you know, because what what you do ends up, you know, in one way or another, even if you've got sewage treatment uh, or, or septic tank or whatever, if you're not doing things right, you limit the efficacy of whatever sewage treatment you're connected up to, whether it's a, a you know your own septic tank or whether it's a wider sewage system. And, and it's only really in the last five years that these messages have been being, have been pushed better, you know. And, you know, it's, so that's, that's why our whole take is, you know, give your toilet a name, just like you'd name a river, you know, just, and call it, you know, the, call it the, call it the, the, um, the cooling Leman stream or, or whatever, or something, <laughs> you know. You know, I, it, it, it strikes me like your approach is kind of refreshing. I, uh, to be honest, I never, um, not that I never heard, but it's not often 
that you see environmental organization or or some sort of an engagement or activism which is which hinges around you know positive things and you know like uh, getting people excited there is because inevitably there is a lot of negativity around those subjects that's where my question was before you know how you balance that but it seems like you have a very clear mission of of saying like let's let's get people excited and not depressed about what's what's going on very much i i mean you know everywhere you turn there's bad news and i'm not denying that you know for a moment but you know you can you can look at your news feed for the bad news if you're coming to streamscapes you're you're you know you're going to get some joy and some wonder and i think i think we all need a good dose of that these days and so we don't we don't point the finger um i think it's you know in earlier days it was a huge and still you know it's, it still applies that you know a lot of people try to um create this barrier between environmental sector and and other sectors you, you know you see it you see it between farming and environmentalists you know and look we're all in this together the, you know the 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 value of ireland's agricultural produce will ultimately be tied to the environmental quality in ireland and you know and if ireland comes through over in the coming years and gets you know its landscape management right cleans up its rivers you know reduces the nitrate loads and and um and uh you know cleans up a lot of the the malpractice um then it'll re it'll redound to the to the benefit of of the value of agriculture produce and one thing or another like that so it's all tied together and it's and it's a it's a it's a fake it's a fake battle to try to polarize the situation um and even you know i i mean i don't know we have to be working together and don't get me wrong there's every there's room for criticism of all these sectors and in a democracy you have the right to have a voice to have a say about what you think about things you have the right to be um to agitate and to bring attention to things that need to be addressed and it's, and we don't shirk that with streamscapes it's just that it's not our first message our first message actually our first message is how can we achieve sustainable rural communities and rural communities don't it doesn't just it, it, it you know one of its prime considerations is the human element and the socioeconomic element and the cultural element we want to see thriving rural ireland persist you know in perpetuity um we want to see farms we want to see woodlands we want to see but we want to see all these things i i think the thing is what we have to learn first of all is vision we we have to we have to start thinking in terms of 100 years or 200 years or more and we're we're fully capable of that if we take a deep breath and we really think about what 
our actions are going to do in terms of land management to our landscapes 100 years down the line. It's not too hard to imagine. If, you know, if you're over farming a, a given bit of field, you know, if you're, if you have salt buildups, if you have soil erosion, well, then basically you're fecking over your, your landscape and the value of your land and the value of your soil and the ecology of your soil and the, and the nutrition that you're providing for, for your consumer as well. But so, so first of all, you know, let's cultivate vision. Let's think long term. And then let's have our first criteria and our last criteria for all of our land management decisions be ecological. So, you know, so how, how does whatever we want to do here, how does it affect water quality? How does it affect um, local bird life, migratory bird life? Um, how does it affect fish? How does it affect mammals? How does it affect, you know, and how does it affect local human ecology, as we call it? And look at all these things and balance all of these things. And then, um, and then let's see in between the first criteria of ecology and the final criteria of ecology. Let's see what we can do. I mean, even when it comes to, to woodland, you know, the, there's a, there's a whole review of um, the whole concept of forestry and woodland going on under um, Minister uh, Pippa Hackett at the moment. Who, by the way, was also our guest on the podcast. Okay, yeah. And so, you know, like, that has to yield some real uh, movement, you know. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, woodlands have the capacity to create jobs. Woodland has the capacity to enable Ireland to be self-sufficient in all timber products and to stop having to import hardwoods from from threatened hardwood forests in, in tropical uh, Africa and, and Southeast Asia and, and other places. Um, and so let's put our house in order by all means. You, you know, let's look at the real needs that we have as a society um, and as a wider community. But let's, let's look at, let's don't look at plantations for their own sake. Let's don't alter the natural attenuation of land so much that it exacerbates floods downstream. And then people are wondering, oh, why are there such greater floods? And particularly in a time now of, of climate change and, and um, you know, what, what looks to be like more intense rainfall when it does come, um, you know, we've, we haven't really read our landscape properly and then determined how best we can not only meet our own human needs for nutrition and, and product and other things with a very, very decent and respectful balance um, for habitat and species needs. And I think I think our work is cut out for us. We we are we're we're just in a different mindset, and I think our mindset can be traced to a, 
a huge genetic um, insecurity is what I would coin it. I mean, for, you know, for a couple of million years, whatever we were before this human phase um, all and all through the human phase, we have spent most of that time wondering where our next meal is coming from, what shelter we're going to have tonight, um, worrying about uh, predators, um, one thing or another. And it's this is all natural, but we've cracked all the answers to these problems so efficiently that actually we're into overkill, you know, and we're into overkill in our landscapes. And we and and aren't we great? You know, we can produce, um, you know, more grain than we need, or 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 whatever, or more trees than we need, or more potatoes than we need. I'm not necessarily saying Ireland now because Ireland is going down in producing. I mean, we're importing potatoes and grain uh, in a big way now. But what I'm trying to say is that I link a lot of environmental misdeed with what I have compassion for, which is a huge insecurity about nutrition and shelter, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that if we can take a deep breath and if we can look at, um, you know, if we can really look at a hundred years down the road and if we can mature as a species and realize the gifts we have, uh, which would extend to the cultural and everything you know then then i think we could maybe try to maybe achieve a degree of relaxation and and maybe move uh, move on another step and and achieve a bit of you know not only a, a more just society but a more just relationship with the rest of nature yeah no doubt and and do you, do you think we are on the we are on the path that leads us there. Are you? Are you? In other words, is my way of asking: Are you optimistic for the future? I am. I am. I mean, otherwise, you know, otherwise, I wouldn't, you know, kind of pursue all the things I'm doing um, to try to help in my own little small way to try to help advance these causes and to, you know, I. I mean, the thing is, you know, you have to. You know, this is the beauty of our society and the beauty of democracy and one thing or another is that, is that we are free to think and we are free to look around and we are free to gain in awareness and we're free to then contribute what we see and what our take is to the bigger mix. Now, you know, I think, you know, where I'd like to see things go and where I, where you know, in similar ways, lots of other environmental NGOs and and others would would like to see the the direction they'd like to see things go. It's still either in a minority or it's outshouted by much larger vested interests, who, at times, even recently, you know, we would have seen you know that. Kind of trying to put down the NGO sector, the the environmental NGO sector, and try to say that they they have no right. But that's a that's a terrible, horrible uh, conclusion to come to, 
we're all in this together and we we owe it to each other to 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 express our voices and to express our considered opinions and um there's even complaint you know that that like i um irish environmental network and the environmental pillar should have funding withdrawn you know i mean this is the talk of of um of tyrants you know i, I mean like this is a democracy this is a broad church it's a broad society and you know if you have if you want to hear the voices of the unendowed you know you have profit making um interests fair enough great you know good luck but but um but if you have if you have a, a, a contingent of society who have either scientific expertise or very just very deep feelings for the earth and and deep opinions you must endow them and you must ensure that their voice is in the mix at the table and that they are free to speak and to contribute what they believe because they have children too as much as the oligarchs and as much as 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 the vested interests and and others you, you know i mean like you know we have to move on we have to mature we have to enter into a mature conversation and i think even what business would find is that if they heeded if they more you know if they were more willing to heed a lot of the insights and perspectives of environmental ngos they'd find a much more sustainable um future for all of their descendants as well <laughs> yeah and less risky as well at the same time you know it's uh, like really yeah. man you really you know in my in my in my head you, you're presenting a really fresh perspective because obviously you you also see this like you called pitting parties against each other and that that frustrates me to no end um you know people who on one hand kind of are on the, like an anti-farming crusade and then then on the other hand you know anti-ngos crusade because there's like there's always, always them and and it, you know and the part of what i do in this podcast is try to present different views from different people from different sides of spectrum and and there is always one conclusion that there is way more common ground than there there's you know a lot of these 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 conflicts are around really details like small things because the the the, the like someone said it on on a, on a podcast i think that no one ever said like i don't want healthy environment no one ever said like i don't want you know rich river healthy rivers no every like everybody agrees there, there's other things you know how we work it out um to get onto that um so yeah i i i, I see that too yeah the primary ethos of streamscapes engagement is respect you know uh we come from a place of respect for all sectors um we know it's not easy out there it's not easy to make a living if you've got you know loans and 
one thing and another to build up your, your business or your farm or your woodland or, or whatever. These are all, these are all rea- realities. And, but I think that if you come from a place of respect, you have a much greater capacity to, um, to communicate. Um, I mean, it's, um, I mean, you know, where you have polarization, you have entrenchment. And where you have entrenchment, um, you have um, defensiveness. And, and once you have defensiveness and entrenchment, then, then you lose all capacity to change and to progress and to advance because your horizon closes and then you 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 only see that one thing that you entrenched on and and you focus on that and then you don't have this wider vision yeah yeah very much yeah so so that's i i think that's that's how we've been welcomed into community after community for 32 years um is that we're not coming in to to um, point the finger, as as it said, you know, we're coming in to reveal that wonder, and you know that's 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 right under people's noses, and and you know, let the questions arise naturally, you know, because they do. And do you find it hard? And do you then find it hard? Because I would imagine that to stick with your ethos at some point, there, 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 you're probably coming to the point where you need to consciously, you know. Avoid answering question or, or you know, not not answer that you know answer that in a respect respectful way. In in a sense, you don't you know there are things you don't want to say, right? Is is it is it hard? Um, I I I mean, just off the top of my head, I suppose there's been scenarios where, um, you know, maybe there was awkwardness or something, but but I mean, I I try to be frank, you know. I've I've got I've got opinions myself, and I have farmed, and I have built. You know, I've been a builder, I've been a farmer, um, I've had a very practical life um, before and since I came to environmental education. Um, you know, and I've got you know I've got I've, I've got a small woodland, so you know I mean like I, I've engaged with agriculture with forestry. With construction, with business, and um, so I suppose in a way that helps me speak the language too, you know, because that that's a, the you know I think that's a great help, you know, um, but uh, but I and also that that could be the seat of my respect too, you know. I, although I like to think that it's in my nature anyway that, you know, I just. I, I've I've respect and compassion for you know anybody I meet. Human know, beings. So. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, you know, we're only here for a short time. You know, we may as well see where we can get and yeah, together. and not fight each other on every occasion, right? Ah, yeah. I love yeah. It. yeah. Listen, like, like a last less less really like a big item I I, I wanna ask you. Um which is really kind of like a staple of a, of, of a podcast. From the perspective of engagement with communities and spreading that you know, message about wonders of nature, what role uh, do angler community play? 
does it are they they they're featured in any way in 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 your um either work or in your you know thinking as people who are you know like engaging with nature and rivers on their own the, oh the the angling community the angling community yes yeah. well i i mean long before you know environmentalism was a word uh there were anglers and i'm not much of an angler myself i mean i, I haven't been fishing in long time um oh, i think i took a couple of mackerel uh summer before last but um but but i i don't i i've i've I fished off and on, but I'm not an angler. You know, you, you wouldn't. Well, if you fished and you took in my mackerel, I, I, <laughs> you know, file you as an angler. Ah, no, not really. I'm not a real angler. Um, I mean, I have, I have chased certain fish in the course of my life. I, I, I followed Arctic char. Oh, up, up into, uh, up into uh, northern British Columbia. As as a young man. Oh come on, just, man! You 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 chase the Arctic char, and then you go like, "No, I'm not an angler." That's very well, understated. You know, I mean, I I was 20 years old, and it was a it was a it was a summer fling with Arctic char. Did count in my book? <laughs> but 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 angling generally, um, you know, like it's they were the original environmentalists in lots of ways. You, you know, you you only have to look at. Isaac Walton and, you know, go back to, um, the, you know, the, the complete angler and, and things like that. I mean, you know, it goes back centuries. And these are men and women who had a profound knowledge of the natural life and processes of, riv of rivers, of lakes, of marine um, habitats as well. But but I'm I'm more thinking of say you know classical salmon anglers, and these are people you know who just were such incredible observers of the natural life, and you know what what, what insect was hatching which week of the spring and the summer, and how can we mimic you know in our fly tying you know something and, and that's literally what the word angle means is you're trying to get an angle on on these fish and so and they were also the first to notice when things went wrong so they because they were in the river and casting in the river and trying to catch salmon or trout or or, or whatever wherever they were whatever happened they, be, they they whatever fish they happened to be after they were the first to notice, you know, where, where, where there was pollution or, 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 you know, kind of disrupted, um, process of any kind. And so, um, really they were in the vanguard, you know, they were in the vanguard. And, you know, it's this, it's a strange, um, kind of anomaly these days, you know, because, because nutrition, you know, kind of comes from, impersonal sources as well you know people people kind of you know they think yogurt comes out of a fridge and <laughs> you know uh, in in the supermarket and that apples grow on 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 you know display stands in supermarkets and things and you know it's kind of it's become this kind of ethical thing about and and it's i'm not disagreeing with it i i mean we we have to be 
as ethical as we possibly can, as as much as our our our, our cultivated consciences can can assist us to be. Um, but I mean, that whole thing about an angler killing a fish and eating it, you know, there was a time, and this comes out in our Salmon Sanctuaries book, that that um, that to eat something is, it's kind of an act of supreme reverence. And it's, and it's saying, it's, 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 it's asserting this incredible interdependence with a species. And so one thing we mention in our Salmon Sanctuaries book is that, is that one thing that's, that's, um, kind of, uh, shared between all of the old kind of Aboriginal people's salmon cultures. And this isn't only in the Atlantic, but in the Pacific as well, because you've got uh, five, or is it six, um, Pacific salmon species as well. And and all across the North Pacific, say from the, the Ainu people, you know, kind of this Aboriginal people of Japan, right up through the native peoples of Kamchatka, over into now what we call Alaska, down British Columbia and the northwest coast of the States, and then over to the Atlantic sphere and the um, the Native Americans of Canada, coastal Canada, Atlantic coastal Canada, and the States, as well as, um, you know, the, 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 the peoples of uh, Greenland. And then you go over into Finland, the Sami people, um, the Aboriginals of Scotland, Ireland, UK, Galicia, the, um, the Rhine, the, um, the Loire, um, all these people had this, you know, salmon, for instance, inspired this huge body of artwork, of culture, of Loric tra tradition, um, mythology. And, you know, like, these are people who absolutely dependent on eating salmon, on killing salmon, in order for their themselves and their families and their communities to live. But it was a give and take. They also realized they couldn't take too many. They also realized that they couldn't, you know, they couldn't pollute their waters, that they couldn't overdo things. It's like this part of this natural relationship, which is so much lost now um, with, with the world around us. And, you know, so, so yeah, it's, I, I, these are interesting themes to me. And, that, and that's why we mentioned it in Salmon Sanctuaries. And that's why Aga, getting back to Aga Grandevich, um, did this wonderful um, graphic of the globe and the center of the globe in this perspective is the North Pole. And so we've got the North Pacific and the North Atlantic and all of the countries. And it's um, superimposed with icons from the different, um, from those different cultures, um, including, you know, like 32,000 year old cave um cave paintings from France and things like that you know yeah, I I actually I actually noticed that that one when I was looking at the at that at that uh, document the the map and the 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 icons it's it's 
really great. Good, really, yeah. Really good. Aga did some great stuff there. You know, she's um, we're coming back to to that again. And by the way, I should mention Tommy that um, we've just finished making Salmon Sanctuaries the film. So oh. th- there's there's a six minute video. Mm-hmm. Which um, and the whole the whole idea, and we've worked with North Atlantic Salmon Conservation Organization, NASCO, and Cork County Council, Kerry County Council, and LAPRO, the brilliant uh, community water officers in in LAPRO, and to to make this um, six minute film. So the whole idea is that um, if a given school, whether they're in Cork or Mayo or Donegal, um, they can, um, we'll, we'll, we'll send them however many hard copy books they need. So if there's 30 students in a class, we'll send a box of 30 students and then they'll get access to the video and then they'll do a one hour Zoom session with the Streamscapes teaching staff. And so that'll all be launched uh, during November now. So uh, November 2021. And details will come be coming up on our website streamscapes.ie yes and yeah you know like like to i mentioned that already we i'm gonna put the links to the to the website in the show notes and you know um any any initiatives in the future uh you know just let me know we can do we can do this again and uh, talk about uh, more initiatives listen uh, listen mark um it's been a fantastic conversation and I, I, I really enjoyed your, you, you know, what I think what you, what you do is, is really unique and really important. And you're, you're really presenting unusual, at least for me, unusual approach. Um, but it's very refreshing because I, I guess at least in my head, um, when you, when you, when someone says, you know, like environmental organization engagement, uh, you know, I, I, I would almost expect people, you know, a bunch of angry people saying, oh, this is wrong and this one. And like you say, pointing fingers and, 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 and kind of, um, and, and I, I have to agree that this kind of takes away from the, from the beauty, albeit the, the, you know, that, that beauty that is still left. Um, and instead of sparking positive emotions, it sparked negative emotions. And, and then, you know, people, when they think of about the environment, they think about negative things only, and they more likely to tune out. So I, I've, I greatly appreciate your approach and, and, and your, your kind of heading what you're trying to do. I think it's great. Um, and it, and it's much needed. So, um, yeah, kudos and, and and great job. Okay, Tommy, thanks for um thanks for having me on. It's it's been great chatting with you and it's it's great to get to know you a bit as well, you know. And uh next time we talk I I'll I'll ask you the questions. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like any any time. Any time. Yeah. Mark, yeah. listen, thank you very much. Uh I appreciate your time. Okay, all the best, Tommy. Good luck now. <laughs> <laughs>